0: The Shelf Games podcast for the week of June 18th. This is episode number 108, and Shelf Games is a lighthearted look at the games of today and the ones still on the shelf. We are closing out E3, so we have a lot to talk about. I'm your host, John, and joining me this week is uh, my co-host Jasula. How you doing?
1: What's up? What's good?
0: Not too much, man. Things uh, things have been crazy this week as it is E3. Lots mm-hmm. of announcements, lots of news, um, and so we didn't do an episode on Monday because I thought it was it would be or last Monday because I thought it'd be silly to kind of talk about only half of the stuff that was going on at e3 um yeah. so i, f- I figured we, we would wait until everything was announced we, we knew what was up um and and we can kind of look back at, at the entirety of um of the e3 cycle here um but uh w- what's been going on with you what's what's going on in the life of chisulo
1: <laughs> nothing really just school
0: yeah i got school stuff
1: to do so that's basically where most of my focus is um started a new job which is a mm. terrible time it's just not a good time to be learning new stuff because i'm already <laughs> in school so that's yeah. dumb and then i'm applying for a new job even though i just got a new job oh wow uh i wonder i, I don't think i'll get the job i applied for because yeah. if this if the job i applied for it come up before the job i got then i wouldn't have, am i making sense yeah, this opportunity real. came mm. up and i'd already accepted a new position i'm like well i'd rather do this fucking job
0: yeah. Um so this is all like internally though at the same company, right?
1: Yeah, it's all internally, but yeah. like it would be a significant pay raise.
0: Nice. If I got nice. the other
1: job, which would be yeah. nice.
0: Yeah, I've been busy with my uh internship, you know, just kind of doing a million things there and it's it, it's been good. Um but it's also been keeping me busy and away from the things that I love to do. Mm-hmm. Um have, have you been playing anything lately or just been studying and working?
1: I haven't even had the chance. It's been I'm, I'm I'm very scared that I'm not going to play as many video games in the next few months cuz I really want to start a brand new XCOM campaign. Yeah. 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 Cuz I saw that there might be uh some new DLC coming. I'm like better just refresh. <laughs> yeah. Get a fresh campaign before that comes
0: in. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I haven't really had a ton of time to play anything except Rainbow Six because, you know, my friends and error. Their- trying to get uh, get good for uh, the Canadian Open qualifiers next weekend, or this coming weekend, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can watch that over on my Twitch channel uh, if folks are around. Um, but outside of that, I was playing a, a clicker game at work, like, uh, you know, one of those games that you don't have to pay attention to. You just keep it open in a browser in the background. Um, and I was playing Universal Paperclips, which is kind of like a fun take <laughs> on the genre. It, it, like, it starts out like a normal clicker, and you're like, this is really basic, this is really dumb. And then as it progresses, it gets more complex and, and it does really fun things narratively as well. Um, and it's really this this funny critique on like uh the 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 state of artificial intelligence, what its natural progression might meet might be, where it will ultimately end up, um, and also a critique of capitalism and stuff like that as well. So it's 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 kind of funny that they can do all of that with like a very simple um clicker game that you play in your browser, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyways, highly recommend it if you haven't checked it out. But uh lots of E3 news, uh, unfortunately some of our other co-hosts weren't able to to join us today. They had to dip out at the last minute. Uh uh some stuff came up for for them. But jasulo it's you and me. Old school old school hosts of yep. the Shell Games podcast. Um so how do you how do you want to tackle E3? Like do you just want to like go conference by conference in order or like what do you, what do you want to do here?
1: Oh, uh, you know what I did? I list, I put, I made four tiers <laughs> <laughs> of like, you know, there's like uh tier three, which is the lowest tier. It's like games that I'm like, okay, I like, I'm kind of paying attention, but like chances yeah. of me playing very low. Right. And then there's like tier two where it's all like, I definitely want to play it. I'll probably buy it. And it'll probably be one of those games that collects dust <laughs> on my shelf in my right. digital library. Tier yeah. one are games that I definitely, definitely want to play. Yeah, and then God tier are games <laughs> that like oh I just can't uh, I can't wait how do I not have
0: like I yeah. know I can't have the game because it's not out that's how I ranked it I am just like how's about how's about we go conference by conference and you yeah. tell me what tier those games are in
1: okay I could do that can we do that okay
0: yeah. um so before we even start like I, I think we were talking about this on the last show but like E three is obviously this huge marketing event like it's yes it's cool we get to find out about a, a lot of stuff that people are working on but in the end it's just like. Hey, people want to sell you shit, and it's it's hard not to be cynical, especially you know as you get to be our age and you've seen so many E threes, you've seen so many product cycles that you like. You understand how the game is played, yeah. And it's it's so rote at this point that it's and and there's so many like extenuating circumstances around a lot of this stuff, like the the factors of labor for a lot of these these developers and and you know studios. It's just like, oh, were they crunching? Were they, were they being compensated fairly? And that some of that might come up a little bit later, but. Um, Anyways, with that huge caveat aside, let's start with the first press conference. Uh, EA uh, seemed like a bit of a safe conference from EA. They showed off some stuff for Battlefront. They showed off uh, Battlefield Five multiplayer. Looks really destructible um, in terms of environments and stuff like that. Uh, Respawn announced the title of their upcoming Star Wars game, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. uh, But they didn't show a fucking thing. Not a screenshot, (laughs) not not a title card, nothing. So that was really weird. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're still working on it. Uh, apparently, it, it sort of takes place between Episode 3 and 4, sort of during the, quote, dark times when, when the Jedi were being hunted. Um, so The best times. The best times, yeah. So it could be interesting. Uh, Unravel 2 was announced and released during E3. So that is a follow-up to Unravel, obviously, where you play the cute little yarn man, Yarny. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. looks kind of cool. Uh, this one is now two-player co-op, but you can still play it by yourself. Um, I don't know, where does Unravel fall on, on, on your list, if, if it even gets there?
1: No, it did not even make the
0: list. Yeah, it doesn't even make the list. It doesn't I don't even know, make the list. Kind of cute, though, but I don't know.
1: I remember uh, the first third Unravel, I'm like, oh, that looks kind of cool, but then I immediately forgot about it. Just yeah. not even on
0: my radar. And it sounds like it was interesting, but it also didn't sort of, it wasn't as uh, critically well-received as probably some folks hoped it would be. Mm -hmm. uh another sort of indie that they showed off um is sea of solitude um and this comes from joe may games which is a german studio which looks really really cool and they had with the the i think the the creative director um out on stage cornelia gepper like no uh no teleprompter she was just like talking about the game and you could tell she was really invested and really emotional about it um yeah looks really cool what do you think about sea of solitude that looked cool
1: like um
0: kind of reminded me a little
1: bit of oh, what's that game called uh journey
2: mm-hmm.
1: in terms of aesthetics except um i'm not too sure how no journey probably like a mix between journey and uh oh god we play it was recent it was from last year it's like grim and dark and you have a red shirt and you're this little boy inside lost. inside thank you like a cross between Journey and Inside, those are the vibes I got. So yeah. that to me is like tier two, where it's like, yeah. okay, yeah. actually, I might play it. I might not. I don't know. It depends. I don't really love heavy narrative, and it yeah. looks like the narrative would be more heavy than yeah. uh, Inside or Journey.
0: It looks like you know, it's just like, oh, I'm gonna keep an eye on this, you know, uh, and just kind of see what happens. Uh, a game that looks to tackle depression and anxiety, um, mm-hmm. where you're kind of like this this person in this world where everyone becomes sort of monstrous as a result of like their internal struggles um looks kind of cool uh we got a new command and conquer but probably not the command and conquer people want uh, as this is going to be a mobile game uh what else did they announce uh there's some other stuff they announced some stuff for origin access premiere which is going to be like another tier of their subscription service where instead of just getting like early access to things um you'll be able to get like full access to some of their bigger titles Mm-hmm. um so i don't know could be interesting again we're seeing a lot of companies move towards this like subscription model but of course the big thing that they showed off was anthem uh so we finally got to see uh some more from anthem uh cinematic trailer a little bit more about the story we got to see a little bit more gameplay just so uh, give me your anthem thoughts where's it land on that t- tier list
1: <laughs> anthem is tier one I mean, a game i'll buy and probably not play It's just, or not, no, sorry, a game I want to buy and I will play, but, um, I don't know if I would finish it. Right. Uh, because I don't know what kind of game it is exactly. Mm. Like I see it and I do love, I mean, if I will say that I wasn't that interested in it until they came out and said, no loot boxes,
0: we're not going to do any of that bullshit. So I'm like, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm a little more interested now. Yeah, but but I also feel it like that. That's a direct result of you know the fallout uh, of of Battlefront and the backlash from Battlefront, right? Like, yeah, this this looks like a Destiny game. You know, it like, does. It looks like a different take on that style of gameplay, like that loop of go out, do missions, get get gear, play with your friends. And I would not be surprised if like the big in- incentive from the publisher when they're like in the early stages of this is like okay we're going to monetize with loot boxes because that's the Mm -hmm. obvious choice um so i'm i i very much feel like like after all that shit they're just like okay nope yeah just cosmetic no more loot boxes you got to fucking redesign all this shit um so obviously that that i don't think is going to affect the core gameplay and the core loops in the in the in the game um but it will definitely affect its monetization um so what what else kind of stood out to you
1: you know what? Now that we talk about it more, I think Anthem is tier 2 for me where it's I buy it and it stays in my library. Yeah. And I don't play it. cuz I have Destiny 2, but I'm not really playing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and like it looks cool and from everything that I've heard like the actual like feel of the game, like actually getting your hands on the controller like flying and maneuvering and, and the combat kind of feels cool.
1: I think I would need a group of people to play it with.
0: Mhm. Yeah, definitely. And and like but like it also feels, again, just like heavy Destiny vibes, heavy Borderlands vibes, where, like, you're getting the numbers shooting off of enemies um, as you do that stuff. And, like, you know, if you combo certain abilities, it'll literally say combo, um, which is kind of cool. But um, <laughs> I, I think you can turn that off. I think one of the devs said you can turn that stuff off. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing the, the, quote, Bioware in this Bioware game. And, like, because they're, they're so well known for their narrative for their characters, for, like, the, like the, the romances you have with those characters, mm-hmm. um, the conflict you have with those characters. And it sounds like you're not going to get a lot of that. Like, no rom- romanceable characters. Um, you know, they, they've barely shown story stuff. And I think that has a lot of, like, old-school Bioware fans, like, worried.
1: Uh, I didn't even put that in my, I didn't even think about that. I just assumed we have, they're not showing us everything yet. But For I might sure. be wrong. Maybe you're right. Maybe mm-hmm. they're just trying to capitalize on stuff like Battlefield, mm-hmm. which I have no interest in. It's not on my, any of my tiers.
0: Yeah. So, uh, again, I think Anthem is is interesting. Like, I, I fucking love the aesthetic. It looks so cool. It looks great. Yeah. Um, You, you know, can go being,
1: underwater, which I think is cool.
0: Yeah. Just, like, tromping around in your mech suits and, like, uh, being able to, like again, like team up with your friends and just be like, okay, how are we going to like explore this, this kind of weird, like alien jungle planet? And I don't know. I just dig it. But, but I'm so worried about it at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. It's,
1: it's hard to tell. I mean, one of these games is going to hit harder than we expect. And one of these games is just going to like disappear from our memories in a puff of smoke. Yeah. So I don't know if Anthem is one of those. I think it might be in the middle of the pack where it's the hot shit for like a month and then we Mm -hmm. don't hear about it
0: Mm -hmm. we'll see though yeah i wonder if like you said if it's gonna be a flash in the pan like uh well destiny wasn't a flash in the pan but the hype around it definitely was where people were like super stoked on it for a few months and then they realized oh there's not a lot here yeah Um, so yeah i don't know um but otherwise ea's press conference was kind of meh it was Mm -hmm. a lot of like what we what we expected um i think probably the standout though was microsoft's uh press conference Was it? i i I don't know i feel like they just had so much that they were showing off um so they teased halo infinite uh Uh which looks like it's going to be an open world halo game um which i think has a lot of fans of, of of that genre uh pretty excited what did you what did you think about that sort of teaser
1: Halo Infinite, I couldn't tell what I was watching for the longest time. I'm like, what is the trailer for? What is it taking yeah. so long? Just give me the title. And then when I found out, oh, it's Halo, I'm like, oh, I've never played a Halo game. Yeah. Halo has no emotional impact on me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of the same way. I've played a couple yeah. of them, but like I, I'm not super invested in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see them kind of change their formula and do something new. Yeah. Good luck to them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I know you're probably super hyped for, Ori and the Will of the Wisps yes yes i am
2: <laughs> yeah so so, so where, does
0: it, where, does, where does that game land that is a, a buy and a place so that's
1: tier one so yeah. i'll definitely buy it and i'll definitely play it yeah that's that's no questions no questions about it i played the first ori loved it and uh, this looks like more of the same it didn't look too i didn't see anything that i'm like that I, had me thinking like oh wow that's really new and the sword stuff. He had like mm-hmm. light sword. That that's the only thing that I was like, oh, that would be cool. But other than that, yeah. everything looked mostly the same, which I'm not complaining about because I like that game. If, it's, mm-hmm. if it ain't broken, don't fix it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the, Ori is, you know, I think really lauded for art style, art direction, music, you know, world building. um True story. I was like really tired the other night, and I'm like, okay hey, I'm just gonna sit on my couch and play a game, which I like almost never do anymore. And I wanted to start something new, and I was. And after this trailer dropped, I'm like, I'm going to try the original Ori. I played it for like 20 minutes, and then I was just like, Oh yeah, I'm terrible at platformers, <laughs> and uh, this is really frustrating, and I'm not going to play this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, I thought you were going to say something.
0: I was like, Oh man, I,
1: I played four hours straight because <laughs> I didn't. I I remember people saying that Ori and the Blind Force, which is the first version, the first game. A lot of people said that it's very difficult and I didn't find it that difficult. There were certain levels that I found kind of annoying, but mm-hmm. I didn't think the overall game was that difficult.
0: Yeah, I think it was just like oh, uh, I I found the checkpointing system a little bit goofy, so like mm-hmm. if I got to a checkpoint and then cuz I know you can like manually create checkpoints, mm-hmm. but like I felt like I would I would get to one that was set in the world and then I would go a few screens away or whatever and I would like miss a jump or you know get ambushed by enemies. And if that happened more than once, I'd be like, nah, this isn't for me. I, like, I don't want to <laughs> fucking sit here and like retry levels over and over and over again. You got to open up that, uh, what do you call that tree, that skills tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, who knows? Maybe I'll take another crack at it. But, anyways, Oriental yeah, of the coming soon. Looks cool. What else do they show off? They showed off a little bit more for Fallout 76. Uh, Bethesda showed more of that at their thing. Um, not a traditional Fallout game, which I think a lot of people were looking for. This is more of like a open world survival game um, sort of along the lines of like a rust or daisy or arc. Uh, What did you think about Fallout 76? Uh,
1: Meh. Meh. That's how I feel
0: about it. I don't care about Fallout. I just,
1: I tried like uh, I, I bought Fallout three and I played it a little bit, but I just couldn't get into it. Mm. And then uh, Fallout four came out and I thought maybe I'll, I'll play this. And I just tried to watch some video of it to see what people thought and i just even watching it bored me yeah i don't know what it is about fallout that just just doesn't
0: grab me so fallout is interesting but like the scope of elder scrolls and Fallout games is like so vast that you're just like Mm -hmm. it it feels like uh how's that phrase go it's like you know a a mile wide but like in only an inch deep you know yeah that's actually really accurate i like that and, and, like, the post-apocalyptic setting just doesn't do much for me. Like, we see that so often. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it does have that kind of kitschy retro, retro vibe of, like, what what would have been futuristic in the 50s. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, I sunk a lot of time into Fallout 3, but after that, I was kind of like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't want more of the same from, from them, you know?
1: No, not
0: at all. And then turning that into, like, a survival multiplayer thing, I'm just, like, even less interested.
1: The multiplayer thing is the most interesting part about it to me, but it's not something that I think will entice me to buy it. So this for me is tier three, a game that I'm watching, but it's a game that I know I'm not going to buy or play.
0: Right. Uh, They teased uh, The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit, which is a follow up to Life is Strange. It's going to be like a free sort of standalone thing. Uh, They showed more Crackdown 3. I'm kind of worried about that game. They've been talking about it for a while, but like, yep, I don't know. It just looks like more Crackdown. I was never a huge fan of that series. Um, Terry Crews, though. Cool dude. Funny dude. Uh, I like him. It, it'll be interesting to see him in that. Um, what else? Uh, Metro Exodus. Uh, Did you, you have any thoughts on Metro Exodus? Again, post-apocalyptic. Uh, sort of set in this Russian dystopia.
1: Uh, it looks really good. Like The graphics on that are great. Um, I don't know too much about Metro. I haven't played any of the previous Metro games. So, mm-hmm. to me, it just kind of looks like a, sh- a sh- uh, first-person shooter, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of those. I do know, like, there's probably more to it than that, but I just, it just
0: did, didn't grab me. Yeah, I, I think for, for a lot of the fans of the Metro series, it's a lot about the world building, like, sort of, like, this nuclear fallout, uh, you, know, you know, Russia, um, and sort of, like, trying to survive in, in that world, and, and, I don't know, interesting. But again, I think it's one of those wait-and-see type games. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Forza Horizon 4 looks kind of cool for for fans of the racing genre. Uh, Did you ever play any of the Forza games?
1: I played Forza, yeah. I played Forza back on my 360, and then I picked up Forza... uh, What numbers did I pick up? I can't remember what number it was. Not the... I've never played a Horizon. It's actually on sale for the next two days at the on the Microsoft Store, and I've been looking at it. Mm-hmm. It's like half off. I'm like, nah, yeah. maybe I'll pick it up. I might, I might pick it up. I've been really thinking about it. The thing that has prevented me from buying it is the fact that I know I don't have the time. So right. just, like buying it right now doesn't mean anything because I'm not going to play it. I don't have yeah. time.
0: Yeah, I think the Horizon series is also kind of known as like the more lighthearted, fun uh, Forza. You know, it's less sim and more arcade. Um mm-hmm. so so it could be interesting uh, again for fans of cat oh, series. Buy it. I really <laughs> want <to buy> it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um
0: so Microsoft also announced that they were buying a bunch of studios. Um they uh acquired uh, Undead Labs who are doing a state of decay uh playground games who do the Horizon series that we were just talking about. Um they bought Ninja Theory, which is really interesting uh, or, or not bought in Ninja Theory, but acquired Ninja Theory uh mm-hmm. who did uh Hellblade: of Sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Uh, which i really dug so that's a kind of a cool independent studio that they've picked up uh compulsion games who are working on we have a few uh and they also launched a new in-house studio called uh, the the initiative so interesting to see them uh microsoft making those uh, acquisitions to again i think as someone who's playing from behind in terms of their their competition with sony i think they're making some interesting moves to try and be like okay we need to get these studios to make sure we have these exclusives to drive people to our platform yeah, Sony is doing some shit that I
1: do not like. Yeah. Um, but speak, I'm looking through the Microsoft uh, press conference, and I think you're right. Yeah, they had a really good one. I forgot. Because some of these games I don't think of as Microsoft games, mm-hmm. but I forgot that they were shown during the Microsoft press conference.
0: Yeah. Um. So, they also showed off uh, a little bit for our, uh, the Division 2. We can talk about that when we get to Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. They showed off a new uh, skateboard game called Session. I think everyone was excited that it might be Skate 4. Um, but uh, this looks like a, its own sort of new thing. So for fans of of skating, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, new DLC for Cuphead, which is kind of cool. Uh, so this is going to be called the Delicious Last Course, um, and also introduces oh gosh, what's her name?
1: Uh, Lady Chalice or something?
0: Yeah, some, yeah, Le- uh, Miss Chalice. Yeah, Miss yes, Chalice. Um, so new playable character. Uh, Bandai Namco shut off Jump Force. Uh so a huge crossover for uh what is it Shonen Jump is that what it is?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That shocked me. That actually caught me by surprise. I'm like, "Oh my god, it's like uh, Marvel versus Street Fighter for anime." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so can you explain this to me a little bit?
1: Yeah, it's just mixing uh characters from different Shonen Jump Shonen Jump uh, manga. So we got Naruto, they got Naruto from uh Naruto. Uh Goku from Dragon Ball, uh, Luffy from One Piece. They have Light from Death Note, which I'm like, I don't know, how that's going to play out. <laughs> and uh, some other characters, I'm sure, from other Shonen Jump, basically teen boy manga.
0: Right. Um, so, yeah, interesting, I guess, for fans of, of those series. Um, but I, again, I think that was something that was a little bit unexpected and uh, kind of caught some people off off guard.
1: Totally unexpected, especially because DBC Fighters just came out recently i didn't expect to see goku in another game so soon right,
0: right. uh dying light was shown off um at again at microsoft um sorry dying light 2 um and this looks like a, a huge revamp of the original dying light in that uh it looks like they're putting more of a focus on narrative to the point where they actually brought out chris avalon who who's sort of re- renowned as like uh a a fairly well-known sort of writer for for a number of other uh uh games and titles and has been working in the industry for quite a while so I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on Dying Light 2?
1: No, not particularly. I did, did you play the
0: first one? No. Again, like zombies and post-apocalyptic, uh, uh, yeah, post-apocalyptic stuff is just like, I'm so done.
1: I'm pre- particularly sick of post-zombie uh, stuff, except for the one game that I know we'll talk about later on the Sony thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, other than that, I'm just like, I don't care about zombie stuff. There's just too much of it. I just, Yep. It's cool that I do like the movement in Dying Light. It looks cool. I just don't think I like first-person movement like this. Mm-hmm. Feels like it would make me nauseous, but I might be wrong.
0: Yeah. Uh, Battletoads was teased. Uh, a refresh, or uh, I guess a reboot to the Battletoads franchise, who, who knew? I mean, that's been kind of rumored for for a long time. We, we didn't see anything. It was just literally a title card. Um, they showed off Just Cause 4. Again, it just looks like more Just Cause uh sort of open world shenanigans you know tying booster rockets to thing and grappling all over mm-hmm. the place and just kind of mm-hmm. causing chaos um i, I haven't really be, I, i've never played those games um but they look like kind of like fun playgrounds um i don't know maybe i'll have to go back and play three out at, at one of these days uh they announced gears of war 5 actually just calling it gears 5 dropping the of war um Never played those games, but I really want to get into them. Like, I think the, the storytelling and some of the narrative might be kind of cool. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on Gears? Yeah, this is actually a really good trailer. Um,
1: mm-hmm. It's... what Where is it on my... I have it as tier three, but mm-hmm. I kind of want to update it to tier two, where I buy it <laughs> and maybe don't play it. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> move, let's move it up. Because they really... Um, I liked the trailer. I thought was really good. And also, Gears had
0: that great trailer years ago. With the Mad World trailer. Oh, yeah. When they first, uh, sh- like, teased, like, the original Gears of yeah, War. Yeah, yeah.
1: Where it's just, like, a lot of, I won't say violent. It was kind of violent, but not that violent. Violent imagery and, like, bleak mm-hmm. uh, world view. But yeah. th- at the same time, the music was so soft and gentle. It was great. It was really mm-hmm. done well. Mm-hmm. I remember that distinctly.
0: Yeah. Um. So, outside of that, I mean, there, there was so much at the, at this one press conference. Yeah. Uh, you know, Phil Spencer, again, kind of teased that the hardware team at Xbox is is, is working on whatever is going to be coming next, uh, which isn't really a surprise, you know, I'm sure Sony and Nintendo are thinking about, you know, what their next things are going to be, you know, a few years down the road. So, some people are kind of worried that, like, oh no, the, the generation is over, we, you know, don't buy anything new because, you know, the Xbox uh, is, is right around the corner and the PlayStation 5 is right around the corner, which is kind of silly, like, mm-hmm. I, I think... Anytime you have a transition in generations, there's always, like, two or three years of crossover. so mm-hmm. my guess, next year, we get teases of what Xbox and Sony are working on, and then maybe 2020, we see new consoles.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, ooh, I'm just curious. When did the Xbox One come out? What year was that? Xbox One came out. I'm just trying to think, like, how long has it been? How long? Mm. Been? 2013, really? Yeah. Five years ago,
0: yeah. So huh. uh, theoretically, like seven years is usually average, around when we seven start years to see is considered long. Yeah, seven years is usually when we start to see uh, new new consoles. Um, and yeah, you're right. You know, so seven years is actually long because people forget that the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 generation lasted way longer than previous generations. So I think that kind of like changed our baseline for expectations.
1: Yeah, because the original Xbox, I'm looking at here, was made November 2001 and discontinued June 2006, so just five years later. Yeah, yeah. And then the Xbox 360, that one lasted quite a long time, was discontinued only two years ago. Mm-hmm. But that was, uh, it went for about
0: seven years. I don't know, nine years before we got a new console. Right. Um. So, I think the, I mean, there was one major thing at uh, Microsoft's show, but I, I honestly, I want to save that to the end of this podcast because I think we're going to have a lot to say about it. Um, but uh, the last thing that was shown off at, at Microsoft's uh, press conference that I really want to talk about is a uh, Sekiro shadows die twice.
1: Ooh, I like the way you say that <laughs>
0: <laughs> from, uh, from software. Uh, so yeah. this was, this was teased at the video game awards uh, where we got the shadows die twice and a little bit of a splash screen and, uh From software finally showed it off so this looks like a very um japanese and samurai inspired uh type of game but it still looks like it really maintains a lot of that i don't know from software feel and you know that that it's had in like dark souls and and bloodborne um what did you think about about sekiro i it looks cool as shit yeah. Like I imagine it would just be as,
1: I imagine it would be just as hard and and complicated as yeah. or
0: difficult as Bloodborne and uh, Dark Souls. That that's gonna be on the cover, cool as shit. Chasulo, Sheldon <laughs> <Davis> podcast.
1: <laughs> I mean, it looks really cool. Yeah, uh, and I I do like that. It's there's a lot there's more verticality involved mm-hmm. in terms of your movement, which yep. is something sorely missing from the Dark Souls game. Mm-hmm. And that looks this looks great. Because you got yeah. some sort of, I don't know what to call it. It's like a grappling hook?
0: Yeah, it's, it's essentially a grappling hook that you have on your left arm. And, and it does mm-hmm. show quite a bit more verticality.
1: Yeah, so that's cool. It just looks great. And then I they had this one scene where this guy like vomited on his sword mm-hmm. to make it poisonous or whatever. And mm-hmm. that looked cool.
0: I don't know. So so it, it, it looks like a, a bit more of an open world, like less oppressive, like a lot of bright colors. Uh, But still, like, the enemies are, like, Right, really for, from, co- for some, for yeah. From Software. Yeah, but the but the enemies look really grotesque, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of humanoids, but still some monstrous enemies as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm super excited. It sounds like, for, for those that, that got to see, like, gameplay demo, it sounds like the game, uh, again, forces you to be a lot faster and a lot more aggressive, a la Bloodborne. Um, also, the death mechanic looks different. They're, they're not talking a lot about it, but it looks like you can die- in combat, and it, this might be a limited thing, but you can resurrect yourself and catch mm-hmm. those enemies off guard that killed you. Um, which is, let's see, so you can like sneak up on them again, and, and it seems like stealth is going to be a lot more important in, in this title.
1: Yeah. Uh, I remember the last time we talked about Dark Souls, you were kind of like fatigued. hmm But now you see this, you're like, oh,
2: back on the board, <laughs> baby! Back oh, on the wagon! Yeah.
0: As, soon, as soon as like they showed a little bit, I'm just like, Mm, yeah, they fucking got me. <laughs> um, so, so interestingly enough, this has been something that the fan community has been theorizing about because uh, for those that, that um, remember, we might have talked about this on the show like ages ago, but in the original Dark Souls, in the, the DLC, there was a character that showed up who was dressed in very much like a Victorian s- style costume. Um, so fans had this uh and, and eventually you saw a lot of that in Bloodborne, right? So fans were just like, oh, they kind of teased this franchise in their DLC. And then in the I'm I i do not know if it was one of the last Dark Souls DLC or if it was in Bloodborne. I think it was Bloodborne DLC. There was a character or a boss that looked very samurai inspired. And fans were just like, hmm, maybe they're gonna do something samurai next. Um, and here we are. So yeah. sure as shit. from soft has been leaving us little breadcrumbs this whole time
1: i do wonder the i guess the most surprising thing well not the most surprising thing but a thing that caught my eye was the fact that this is partnered with activision Mm -hmm. which i didn't expect so i do wonder if activision's influence would be felt in this game
0: Uh, i don't know i i I doubt it I, i imagine this is more of just like a partnership for to to help with publishing yeah, I'm hoping that's what it is. You're right, though. It it is very, very interesting that they partnered with Activision um to to publish this thing. Um, so let's uh, maybe quickly talk about the PC gaming show. The PC gaming well, show kind of before weird. we move on from the oh, Xbox sorry, yeah, one. Yeah.
1: There was a Devil May Cry Five. Oh yes, sorry. Uh, do you have any interest in Devil May Cry?
0: Not really. I the, the franchise never sort of appealed to me. It just looked like I don't know, a little too over the top, a little too a action little too focused. An anime. Yeah, yeah. Well, but have you have you Played some of the Devil May Cry stuff in the past, no,
1: I, no. I was just wondering because I know there are people out there who really love this uh series, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, I've never actually played it, I don't know if I would like it. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at a trailer, a little bit of the trailer right now, I'm like, yeah, maybe, yeah.
0: If someone could like send in like a good argument for, for why we should play it, you know, I'd be interested to hear, yeah. Um, okay, so let's quickly talk about the PC Gaming Show. Uh, this is kind of weird because it's not really a press conference, but still, people will announce stuff here. Uh, again, mostly PC focused. Um, <clears throat> there was so much, and I don't necessarily want to break down all of it, but was there anything here at the PC Gaming Show that really stood out to you? Uh,
1: Satisfactory. I don't think it's a game I would personally play, but I'm like, hmm, that looks kind of interesting. Yeah. But it starts off where you see a lot of uh, vegetation and just very beautiful s- scenery, a lot of beautiful scenery, like uh desert it's just all kinds of stuff <laughs> by the end but it, it's just like all factories which i'm like i don't know how i feel about that
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, it kind of feels like a 3d version of factorio which is like a top-down mm-hmm. uh sprite based sort of building game a lot along those lines where you're gathering resources building conveyor belts um so yeah could be interesting uh one thing that that stood out to me was neocab uh which is a small indie game where you play like a um like an uber driver in the future uh kind of has a cool like comic book feel to it uh very cyberpunky um so that could be interesting um mm-hmm. maverick's proving grounds is uh i don't know it just looked like a very generic battle royale game uh but they boast 1000 players as opposed to 100 <laughs> yeah um uh yeah, I guess we also forgot to mention the the, the time to battle royale for e three was six minutes uh because they announced one with uh battlefield five mm-hmm. um I don't know is there anything like I, again there was a lot of interesting stuff that was shown at this show, but uh
1: star citizen advertised more
0: <laughs> but yeah i still they're teasing a fucking alpha you know like I know
1: i just I know. I don't know it looks like don't get me wrong i when I look at it, I'm like this looks amazing, but I just don't think it's ever gonna be a reality.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh Maneater is kind of funny. It's a game where you play the shark and you get to terrorize people like on um, in on the beach and like just just yeah, being a shark and eating people. Um so that's kind of funny. Sable looks really cool. It's sort of like this open world cell shaded game. Um you know beautiful landscapes. It, again, very much like a sort of an indie comic book feel to it. Um so definitely check out that trailer for Sable if you haven't seen it yet. Um Uh, It it just looks really, really rad. And I'm very... Again, one of those games I'm just like, I'm going to have one eye looking at this the whole time uh, just to see what happens with it.
1: Did you... I don't know if this was in another press conference, but Overkill's The Walking Dead? Mm
2: -hmm, mm Mm-hmm.
1: The trailers are great. I mean, I'm I'm not interested in the game because I'm kind of sick of zombie stuff, but the the trailers were really... I liked the trailers. They had, I think, four different trailers where it's like four separate stories. It wasn't gameplay. It was just Mm-hmm. story and I really enjoyed that, but I don't want to play this game.
0: Yeah, so overkill uh obviously the the makers of Payday and Payday 2. Um so it could be interesting. Uh but again I just have so much not just a zombie fatigue, but Walking Dead fatigue. Yeah. Um mm, ooblets from uh Double Find looks kinda fun. It's like a farming and creature collection game. Uh kind of looks goofy and, and hilarious. Uh so that could be fun. Um, but outside of that, I don't know if there's too much else. Was there anything that caught your eye?
1: Mm, No, not really. Um, just, nope. I think I saw every, said everything I, that caught my
0: attention. I'm just scrolling through here. No, I don't see anything else. Okay. Let's talk about Bethesda. Uh, obviously Rage 2, they talked about, uh, there, uh, that was leaked earlier, uh, but they showed off more of that. Um, I don't know. Are you interested in Rage 2?
1: Nope. Not particularly. (laughs) I mean, some of the uh, powers in Rage too, I, there's some sort of warp or something. I don't know. There's some uh, interesting mechanics in there. I'm willing to give Bethesda, you know, I'm willing to give them, like, the Shadow of Doubt because they did do an excellent job on rebooting Doom. <laughs> so maybe they'll do something with Rage where I'll be interested. Who knows? Maybe.
0: Uh, Yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, again, I'm so fatigued by post-apocalypse. Um, And I don't I, know the first one wasn't really received well, so we'll see if they can kind of bounce back with the second one uh prey mm-hmm. got some dlc called moon crash uh seems like it's uh, some procedural generation and sort of the type of dlc you can continue to play uh but that's out now um again they showed off more fallout 76 which you talked about uh they teased starfield which is going to be their upcoming um sort of sci-fi rpg um which again it was literally just like one shot and like a logo so we really mm-hmm. so no nothing no nothing I, do you have any thoughts about Starfield? I don't, it's just a word. I don't, at
1: this point, it's literally just a word. I have no feelings about it because they haven't shown me anything.
0: Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. I
1: mean, I have, I'm interested because, I mean, Bethesda is one of the bigger uh, gaming studios. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know where they rank in terms of revenue or anything, but they have to be up there, like top five. Yeah,
0: and, and I mean, like, people love their games, right? Um, Yeah, I should mention
1: that too. They make games,
0: not just (laughs) me. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so people were going nuts over the Fallout 76 stuff. Um, Again, they tease Elder Scrolls 6, which again was a logo. But I'm like, man, I'm so, I'm so over it. You know, like I'm so over Elder Scrolls and Fallout. It's just like, yeah, I understand that these franchises are huge. A lot of people love them. They make a lot of money. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't need another huge open world fantasy thing that is just kind of Building on what they've done in the past, I don't know, how, how do you feel about like Elder Scrolls and Fallout and where they're at and the fact that they're just keep doing stuff with them?
1: I actually, I'm on Bethesda's Wikipedia page because I'm trying to think, have I ever played and loved a Bethesda series? And the answer is yes, Doom. I loved Doom, mm-hmm. the game. Uh Dishonored is a game that I've tried to get into and never really It never grabbed me. Mm -hmm. Wolfenstein is a game that I've played like 25% of. Mm -hmm. So they do, they have made some games that I'm kind of interested in. But in terms of Elder Scrolls and uh, Fallout,
0: Mm, not really. (laughs) And it's funny because I feel like you and I are the exception to the rule. I know. People fucking love uh, Elder Scrolls. Like Skyrim was, Mm -hmm. is still a, a thing making money. People still play that shit. And, and like, to be fair, like, I said this in the past, but, like, I loved Skyrim when it first came out, and I played Mm -hmm. it on PS3, which was the (laughs) The busted-ass, broken version of that game, and I still put, like, over 100, 150 hours into it, you know? Um, But then I went and tried to play it on PC years later, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna install all these mods, it's gonna be so cool. I I even found, like, a weird workaround to get my old PlayStation save onto my PC, and... I started playing it, and I was just like, oh, this combat fucking sucks. (laughs) 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 Because I think I'd I'd just come off of, like, Dark Souls or something, and I'm like, oh, man, this feels terrible.
1: Or The Witcher, I think.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, we're getting another Elder Scrolls. That's probably, like, four years down the road, um, if not five. Uh, Fallout 76 is going to be coming. But, again, I think, uh, you know, you were talking about the franchises that we actually care about. Um, Doom Eternal, Mm follow-up to the mm -hmm. Doom reboot, is coming out. Uh, So, could be something along the lines of like doom 2 where it was like hell on earth um because it looked like um hell was on earth in this trailer what do you think about doom eternal
1: i'll play it you know i'll play it (laughs) like i really loved doom even though i played like 75 percent of that game without realizing i could rotate the map i don't know how that happened (laughs) It was my number one complaint. I'm like, I mean, I love the game, but like, it's hard to navigate because you can't rotate the fucking map. It's like, why won't you rotate the map? It's 2000 or whatever year it was. And you're like, you can rotate the map. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was playing it on PC, and what you have to do is like click and hold and then like move your mouse to rotate right. it. Because yeah. I was hitting all the keys, being like, how the fuck do I rotate this? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah. I'm really excited for Doom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, also, Tease was a. Um, follow-up to Wolfenstein, this it, this kind of seems as it's going to be like a standalone kind of side project, um, mm-hmm. it, and that is Wolfenstein Youngblood. Um, so what we know with the Wolfenstein reboot is that they're doing a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've really enjoyed those games. I've had some complaints, but I think the narrative is really cool. Um, and Youngblood is really in- interesting because it steps away from BJ Blazkowicz and, like, those folks that you already know mm-hmm. jumps forward, like, Twenty-ish years, and is now focused on BJ's uh, and Anya's twin daughters. Um, set in the 1980s, so it's it really has like this sort of 80s synth vibe, but also playing on like that Wolfenstein sort of hey the Nazis control the world um, and it, everything is terrible. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see them step away from BJ. And I guess the concern is – or not concern, but, like, if they go, go back to, you know, whatever their next uh, Wolfenstein is in this sort of franchise uh, or in this trilogy, is it going to focus on BJ? Or is this kind of setting the stage for, hey, our next big Wolfenstein game in, the, in that trilogy, we're going to be getting away from BJ and mm-hmm. telling a different story. Maybe a story about his daughters um, or, or, or something else. And maybe, like, jumping forward – you know 20 30 years yeah. um so what did you think about young blood and, and and sort of that that conversation about like what is wolfenstein doing in the next few years I'm
1: surprised that the nazis i mean all this fighting what they're doing and the nazis are still in control that's unfortunate <laughs> <laughs> um, i don't know i'm 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 curious to see what they do with it uh i think it's cool that they have uh female characters as the leads cuz that's mm-hmm. not a thing that you see too much of so i'm mm-hmm. happy with, that they're doing that um I don't know. I'll have to see. I think, I think that they've got a really good formula going with Wolfenstein, but mm-hmm. I have only played like 25% of it. Yeah, so. uh,
0: I think you should go back and check it out. Uh, but again, like, so it doesn't sound like this is going to be like a, a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a a pillar in this franchise? It sounds like this is going to be like a very much like a, a side game, and, and mm-hmm. so I, I would expect it would be significantly shorter. Is something along the lines of maybe like a, a more substantial piece of DLC or something. Mm-hmm. okay, square Enix uh I think they get the award for the lamest show of e three <laughs> <laughs> um so they showed off again uh some stuff for life is strange uh they teased uh a new platinum game called babylon's fall. no clue what that is um showed off more just cause four uh showed off something called the quiet Man, which again, I have no fucking clue what that is uh, <laughs> but, but sounds like someone who is who is deaf who knows how to beat the shit out of people yeah. um. Yeah, really not a lot of news. I think the only interesting Did you thing you mentioned Tomb Raider? I was about to say oh, I think the only oh, interesting sorry. thing was was Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Yeah.
1: And I have mixed feelings about that trailer. Yeah. Alright. Lay, lay it on me. I don't know. It's just it's just so murdery. Yeah. Which is I get it. But I'm like, I just She's not even really a Tomb Raider. She's just straight up a, a, like a mass murderer at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Cause yeah. like the thing is uh I'm kind of jumping ahead here a little bit, but The Last of Us 2 uh Ellie murders some people, which she did in The Last of Us as well. But when she does it, it feels like she has to, mm-hmm. and that she's doing it to survive. But when Lara Croft murders people, it's like, I just want that 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 loot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so weird. There's something weird about it that I just feel uncomfortable with how murdery it is. I'll still play it. Yeah. I didn't think the last game, the second, the second Tomb Raider, I when the first Tomb Raider came out, I was like, this is a great fucking game. Mm-hmm. And then the second one came out, and I'm like, I still like playing this, but when it was done, I wasn't sad that it was done. I was like, thank God. I was reaching the point where I'm like, kind of kind of getting sick of it. Yeah.
0: Do you think that was because of, like, I, I felt Rise of the Tomb Raider was better, like, mechanically, mechanically yes. and everything else. Like, I think they they iterated on their formula quite a bit, mm-hmm. but I also I had such bad, like, open-world fatigue by the time yeah. I got to the end of it.
1: I feel the same way about um, Batman. Mm-hmm. The most recent Batman game is easily mechanically superior to the original, yep. but by that time, I'm just like, ugh, I just, uh, I just don't it's want just to play It's just so this. much of the
0: same. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I think they're doing interesting things with this, this Tomb Raider reboot, uh, just like they did with the Arkham games and, and, and whatever else, but, like, fuck, man, it's just like all these open-world games. I, I'm getting to a point now where i might play one or two a year because i'm just (laughs) like fuck i just can't do it like i can't do all these fucking side quests i can't like (laughs) spend all this time traveling from point a to point b i am man i'm 33 (laughs) years old and i'm fucking exhausted like (laughs) um again it looks interesting like laura is fucking jacked in this this trailer like her fucking triceps and shit and her like i'm like man she has been fucking hitting the gym yeah. Um, She's moving to the jungle like Predator. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it could be interesting. It One inter- interesting narrative thing I thought they were focusing on in this trailer, and again, some of the preview coverage that we were seeing of it, is that it almost seems like they're trying to grapple with the fact that Laura is a, a white woman who is coming in and uh, appropriating certain cultures or – telling the the locals hey this shit belongs in a museum instead of oh hey actually this shit belongs here because it belongs to these people right yeah um so it's the and and even in the trailer you saw a lot of that a lot of people saying like laura this is your fault that you've caused this and yeah and it almost seems like they might be trying to grapple with that notion of like hey this person has come here and is is sort of an interloper and is sort of like uh you know uh, again taking all of these these cultural artifacts from these people um and uh, essentially sort of this notion of uh uh, colonization and like so i wonder if they're going to grapple with that or if it's just kind of like just kind of kind of like point at it but not necessarily saying anything about the the problematic nature of games like uncharted and tomb raider and indiana jones where you have like this white hero coming in and and uh you know, really making a mess of someone else's uh, (laughs) culture or someone else's like artifacts and stuff.
1: Yeah. It's, it's I don't know. I don't know. It's just something about it just I should. I feel like I should be more excited than I am. Mm -hmm. You know what surprisingly had the same effect where we're talking about the Arkham and Tomb Raider were just like open world fatigue? Uh, Shadow of Mordor.
2: Right. It's only had two games and I'm already like, eh. Yeah,
1: which is unexpected because I love the first one.
0: Obviously, the loot box stuff like really cratered Shadow of War uh, when it when it released. Well, I I don't know, and I say cratered, but I don't know how that game sold and like what what they made off of it. I I mean cratered in terms of the fan reception, right? Mm -hmm. And like how we think about that that series now. It's like its reputation is in the toilet, and it's gonna have to do something drastic to get it out. But we're going to be talking about Ubisoft now, and, you know, speaking of open world fatigue, um, Assassin's Creed, man. Like, I'm very interested in Assassin's Creed Origins and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which they talked a lot more about at this show, but, like, shit, those are big games now. Like, bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, they showed off the, um, the map for Odyssey, and, like, one island mm-hmm. that they showed in one small corner of the map was apparently as big as Assassin's Creed Brotherhood um so I don't know like uh, I I guess like I'm kind of jumping the gun here we're talking about the biggest thing at their show already Mm -hmm. Uh, but what did you think about Odyssey and everything that they showed off?
1: Assassin's Creed is this weird game where I played so many of them that I should be sick of it and I kind of am since I haven't played one since 4 I picked up the most recent one Origins and I'm I'm trying to force myself to play it
0: (laughs) That's such a funny notion. Like, ah, oh, just gonna force myself to like play this this fun video game. <laughs> but it's like there's something
1: they're just. I just feel like they're hitting a market that no one else is, which is like mm-hmm. historical video games. I mean, it's not accurate historically, and your sister will be the first one to be like, "It's not accurate." But yeah, they do they do a really good job in recreating all these places that you don't get to see very often mm-hmm. in other games in that kind of detail. So I give them a little bit of a pass. But again, like you said, these open worlds, I'm just, I'm old and I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> but Assassin's Creed is trying to change their formula up a little bit is what they said. And then the first fucking thing they show is one of those trailing missions where you're just walking and talking to someone. I'm like, oh, I hate it. So Assassin's Creed, I can't yeah. stand that.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, and the other thing is, is you know interesting because the other thing that that I find interesting with these last two installments is that they're really pushing these games towards RPGs you know they they even flat out say in Odyssey that a lot of that they've brought in a lot of RPG elements and they're trying to make Assassin's Creed straight up an RPG where you're getting loot you're getting quests you're getting gear so less of an action game and more of an RPG um or I guess an action RPG so so how do you feel about that transition from ac1 all the way to ac odyssey um, and how those games have progressed they (laughs) the the funny
1: thing is they they move forward like they're trying to uh improve the combat which is good because there was a one point i think it was assassin's creed brotherhood where i could murder a hundred people in like 30 seconds it's so easy you just counter murder counter murder and then when you when you get to that point you can just string you just look at a person and press a button and they die basically. And it was so easy. And uh, now they're trying to make the combat harder, which is good. But they, they just won't get rid of the shit I hate the most, which is trailing missions. Right. I just don't know why. Everyone hates them. I don't know if there's going to be any animus. St- animus? Is that what it's called? Yep. Animus stuff where it's real life stuff. I hope they take that out. I hope that's not in the game. No one I, likes I that. St-
0: I still think that they have some of that in there, but who knows what they're <sighs> going to do with it. Why, though? <laughs> Um, one thing I am here for, though, is romance options. <laughs> uh, so, so in this game, you get the the choice to play between a uh, a brother and sister, and that will mm-hmm. sort of be your main character for the game. And um, it looks like you get to romance the shit out of a lot of people. Um, and of, of course, the internet being the internet, uh, a lot of fans, you know, were kind of reacting to this with a lot of backlash, be like, "Yo." This, this guy wouldn't be gay in ancient Greece. And it's just like, yo, you need to read a fucking history book, my guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah, you know, uh, homosexuality uh, was definitely not taboo um, nope. back then. It was far more, um, uh, w- you know, well accepted and, and even practiced. Um, so, yeah, AC Odyssey looks interesting. It has me thinking, hmm, maybe I should try that assassin's creed origins and check out egypt and stuff but mm-hmm. i do not i don't know personally having grown up with a lot of like greek mythology and stuff i, I i'm kind of more interested in checking out odyssey um i don't know any last thoughts on on assassin's creed
1: i don't know i like ubisoft as a company because they tend to do um uh, they make their big AAA games but then they also tend to release these smaller games that necess- wouldn't necessarily get the kind of attention that they they could at a different publisher so I'm always kind of rooting for them to succeed. But uh, I don't think this game is going to catch my attention the way I would like it to. It's, mm-hmm. de- it's, it's tier two for me, which is a buy, don't play. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I, just, I, I have like three Assassin's Creed games in my library, and I haven't played any of them.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, and speaking of Assassin's Creed, uh, something that was announced, I think, last year, sort of playing off of the success of the um Assassin's Creed black black flag and uh the pirate stuff that they had in there with all the ships, uh Ubisoft very much Ubisoft spun that out into its own game. Uh so Skull and Bones, uh a pirate focused uh game where you can be uh sailing the high seas. Uh well, what did you think about uh what they showed off there? I think there's too much pirate stuff.
1: I can't <laughs> say this but like <laughs> there's,
0: there's too like so so much stuff in pirate pirate this-
1: no, there's so much pirate stuff at E3, I'm like, ugh, who wants to play this? Yeah. I, I just don't think it's... I like that part of Black Flag, but I wouldn't have liked Black Flag if the whole game was that.
0: Yeah. um, And, and you're right. You know, with this and Sea of Thieves, it just seems like... um, I don't know. Might, and might what's get that some other
1: th- game? Uh, Kingdom Hearts with fucking... Okay. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean
0: shit. Yeah, yeah. too much pirate stuff for this E3. Yeah, we didn't even really talk about Kingdom Hearts, but like Kingdom Hearts three was showing off quite a bit. I don't know. Do you? Have, did, are you interested in that?
1: Nope, not at all.
0: <laughs> nope. Um,
1: Maybe if I had a kid.
0: Yeah, uh, they showed off some stuff for Mario and Rabbids uh, Kingdom Battle with the Donkey Kong DLC Trials. New Trials is coming out, um, so that's sort of uh I don't know for people that, that like Trials. The Division Two. They showed off more stuff for the Division Two. Um, so this one is obviously set in, uh, Washington DC. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on, on the division two?
1: Not a whole lot of thoughts. It's just, it's, it's a shooter. It's third person. It's this time around. I mean, the way they always show the game, it's like, this is how you're going to talk to you and your friends. You're going to be like, Oh, what's that over there? I'm going to go do this, do that. But no one talks like that. It's not so <laughs> natural. Yeah. I don't know. I just did you I didn't play the first division. No,
0: neither did I. I, I was very excited for the first division because I was like, As was I. I you know, I eat up that type of, you know, Tom Clancy bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. even though I do have problems with it. Um Yeah, I was just like, Oh, that's gonna be cool. There's like this natural or this this uh you know, chemical attack and then all of a sudden you activate these secret agents who are trying to keep order in the city and they're kind of running around New York and, and doing their thing. But like, really, it was just like a Destiny type game, you know? It was a Destiny yeah. type MMO, where it's like you're grinding to you get loot. Um, it also seemed like there wasn't a lot there, and for them just to be like, "Yeah, we were doing that again, but we're doing it better." I'm just like,
1: eh, fuck, "Yeah." I when don't the care, first man. division trailer came out, I remember people losing their minds. I was like, "Oh, look at him! He's like he's crouching by a car, a police car, and he closed the door." Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: man, <laughs> door closing physics—the best, the best. Another (laughs) strange thing about this is like in interviews, the, you know, people have asked like, Hey, you know, this, this game is set in DC and like, there seems to be a lot of American nationalism in the game or or just the fact that like, you know, you have these people trying to restore order and, 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 um, the fact that like there was one scene where they're storming the Capitol building in Washington and someone was just like, Hey, what are the politics around this game? And it was just kind of really dismissive and very silly for the developers to be like, oh, no, no, we're not taking a political stance. It's just like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, if your game doesn't have anything to say, then like, why the fuck should I care about it? You know? Yeah. Um, And and for those people that, that say that games aren't political, like, everything is inherently political. Like, Mario has politics. It does? I mean, you have this guy who is, like, (laughs) trying to overthrow the monarch in this kingdom. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough, you got me, you got me. Um, Okay, Uh, the biggest thing at the show, though, of course, was Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, What did you think about them showing off a little bit more for Beyond Good and Evil 2, this game that they've been teasing for years? People have been really chomping at the bit for them to do something with this franchise. Um, So they finally showed us more. What did you think?
1: I mean, they have a really, they make really beautiful trailers. It kind of made me wish I played the uh, original Beyond Good and Evil because at the end of the trailer, uh, this character comes up and they're like, oh, "Jade." I'm like, "Who's yeah. Jade?" And it seems like it's <laughs> a big deal. Yeah. So it kind of made me wish I'd played. So I looked up a uh, footage of my like, gameplay of the original Beyond Good and Evil. My like, holy shit! This game just come out on the N64. Like, have you seen the graphics for the original one? <laughs> yeah, it's How rough. Is man. This game, it's ancient. It's crazy. So, yeah, I don't know what kind of game this will be. I'm curious though. It's got my attention
0: for sure. Yeah, it, it definitely looks like an open world thing. They showed off a little bit of early gameplay stuff and, you know, just some some footage and and concept art and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um
1: beautiful trailer. Beautiful trailer.
0: The the biggest thing though that I think is stirring up quite a bit of controversy is that they announced a partnership with uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt's uh production company uh called Hit Record. And it's sort of like this crowdsource crowd-based production thing where it encourages creators to collaborate on projects uh so like if someone does a music track it encourages people to like remix it or add something to it Um, same thing with artists and video producers and their whole shtick is those people who collaborate on a project um once that project you know if that project gets published and starts making money creators get paid Mm-hmm. um which you know that company has been around for quite some time it seems to be fairly successful for him and he, and he's done a lot of stuff with it um but the ubisoft announced a partnership with him and that fans would be able to uh collaborate to try and get certain pieces of artwork or music or, or you know graffiti or whatever into beyond good and evil 2 um but that immediately got quite a bit of um, people sort of speaking out against that, that whole concept, because essentially what it was doing is it's asking fans to create stuff for free and to, to labor for free with mm-hmm. like the, 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 the hope that their stuff is good enough to make it into the game. Right. And on top of that, Ubisoft has only set aside a budget of $50,000, um, to pay those creators. That shocked me. And again, that's only if their stuff makes it into the final game. So what did you think about this whole crowdsourcing thing um, that they're trying to do with Beyond Good and Evil 2, the partnership with Hit HitRecord, uh, the backlash from, from people who are saying like, hey, spec work is fucking bad. Like speculative work, essentially doing work for free with the hope that you will eventually get a job and the hope that you will eventually get paid is a shitty labor practice. Yeah. What did you think about all that?
1: Well, oh, I agree. Um... I don't work for free, so other people shouldn't either. I understand that it's hard to pay someone before you see what they do, especially in something like this. But at the same time, I do feel that a lot of graphic designers, artists, that kind of stuff get taken advantage of with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they only allotted $50,000, I just, I can't get behind it like that.
0: Ubisoft made $2 billion last year. That's craziness. Yeah, so putting aside fifty thousand dollars to pay creators again seems very exploitative. Seems like you're trying to get people to do work for free, um, or at least get do work for pennies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of people are really upset about this. Uh, uh, and again, like doing work for free is 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 silly. Um, you know, I understand the, the notion of doing like an internship to like get your foot in the door somewhere, but like. <sighs> Yeah, you know, like th- that's a little bit different. Like asking someone to like completely, completely work for free, like you could put hours and hours and hours of your life into a project, and then you submit it to Ubisoft or hit record, and they say no. Nope. Like that's fucking time and labor lost, you know?
1: Yeah, it's it's just not. It doesn't feel fair. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know how you go about getting this done. Like, how do you?
0: Like, who do you? How do I put this? Actually, you know what they should do? They should just hire artists to do yeah. the work, or or like have people su- su- submit their portfolios, right? Yeah. I guess you
1: just hire people. Just hire people yeah. to actually work <laughs> on the thing.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, a lot a lot of controversy around that right now. So we'll see if they walk that back or if they're just going to kind of go through with it. But I think it's kind of a bad look right now for them. Um. And they're gonna have to yeah. do some damage control to to kind of figure out what they're doing there.
1: Ah, uh, poor Joseph. Why would you put yourself in this situation?
0: Yeah. Okay, Sony. Um, I think it was a bit of a lackluster show for Sony, um, but then again, they did tell us beforehand, hey, we're focusing on these four big games um, and that's all we're going to do. Because again, they have their own show in the fall. Yeah, that's I was about what, to say. Yeah, that's probably where they're going to put most of their focus now. Um, so, they showed off uh, The Last of Us Part 2, uh, Spider-Man, Ghosts of Tsushima, um, and what was the other thing they were showing off? Um, Death Stranding. And Control. And Control. uh, We had a couple other smaller teasers like Neo 2, um, Resident Evil 2 Remaster, which I think a lot of fans are excited for. Um, Okay, let's talk about some of that stuff. What do you think about Spider-Man?
1: It looks great. It looks so great. I think I have to buy a PlayStation because I can get a lot of the Microsoft games through the Microsoft Store Mm -hmm. on my PC. I don't know about all of them, but most of them, I think. Mm-hmm. If they're published by Microsoft, so I kind of feel like I'm just going to get a PlayStation because I want to play The Last of Us. I want to play Spider Man. Spider Man yeah. looks so good. A lot yeah. of it does look like uh, QTE stuff. Yeah, there might be too much of that. Like, there's too many scenes where it's just yeah, not actually prompts. doing anything. Yeah, but it looks so good.
0: Yeah. Uh. So yeah, you, you saw a lot more gameplay. You know, you know Spider Man kind of going to the high security prison and all the villains breaking out and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's going to be too much of a foc- or I wonder if there's going to be too mil- too many villains that the game feels unfocused. Um, but the the Arkham style of combat that they showed off and the traversal stuff they showed off looked really fucking cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, I, this is basically Arkham because Arkham Asylum had a ton of villains, and I didn't right. feel bogged down by that. So the right. thing, just the movement, the movement looks so good. It's moving around, mm-hmm. like nothing looks like an accident. Yeah. I just don't know how well it will feel to play.
0: I hope it feels as amazing as it looks. Uh, so what did you feel about, or, or how did you feel about uh, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, which is coming from Sucker Punch, so the studio <clears> that did the infamous games? Um, yeah, again, another samurai game. Looks beautiful. Um, but what did you think about uh, that, that quick sort of uh, demo um, that they showed off?
1: I think I should say that uh, the From Software game is a ninja game. I'm kidding. I don't know if it's actually a ninja <laughs> game. Uh, it looks so good. Like, like I I mean, just what a beautiful, this Ghost of Tsushima
2: thing. Mm-hmm.
1: What a beautiful game. My God. Yeah. Like the scenery and just the way the wind moves with the leaves and the grass and the trees. Mm-hmm. And just like at first when it was playing, I thought it was a trailer. I'm like, this is gameplay?
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: what the? F-? The lighting. Well- uh, just Again, to, to be fair, like
0: E3 demos, take them with a grain of salt. Like, who knows what the final product's going to be? Very true.
1: You're that's true. If I could get this on PC, then for sure I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is legit. But mm. it looked it looks great, mm. and I'm you know I'm going to buy myself a 4K TV at some point this year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I'm going to have to save up. But yeah, uh, yeah, this looks like the kind of shit. There's one scene where it's him versus him being the main character versus three people and he's just standing there and the wind is blowing the music is playing and slowly zooms in and then he just one strike kills the guy
0: yeah gorgeous gorgeous yeah so so again it looks like a much more serious uh, samurai game as opposed to something like uh, sekiro which is you know very much like a from soft sort of dark fantasy samurai game with monsters right this looks like yeah it, i think the premise is like this is set during the oh god when is this set
1: Edo era i'm guessing yeah I, era, I don't know if that's
0: true i can't remember which era this is actually set in but feudal japan after a mongol invasion and you're sort of this one samurai kind of trying to rest rest that back for for your people or what have you um so it looks interesting looks like there's some cool samurai duel stuff um but yeah beautiful trailer like you said mm-hmm it looks gorgeous um, all right. Let's let's do it. Let's talk about Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> Death oh, okay. Stranding. So, they showed off 8 minutes of trailers and gameplay for Death Stranding. Yeah. And I'm even more fucking confused about what that game is. <laughs>
1: it looks like you're a delivery
0: man of some kind. Yeah, so it looks like uh Norman Reedus plays some sort of delivery man. I was joking, um,
1: but I might be right.
0: Yeah, it's just you have to watch this trailer. It's so fucking wild. Um at one point he tears a toenail off, which is like probably the most gruesome worst thing I've seen at E3. Yeah, I looked um, away. I looked away for sure. Uh, what, what what did you think about this trailer? Like like talking I through don't it. what I <laughs> th- know what to think. I have no idea what I watch.
1: <laughs> I mean, whoever's in charge of picking the soundtracks I think is doing an excellent job. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know what this game is. It just looks so different than the last trailer I saw. And I just, I don't know, the thing that concerns me the most was the scene where they were like, uh, he's trying to avoid some sort of ethereal black smoke beings, mm-hmm. which was like my least favorite part of, um, Metal Gear, Right. where there those supernatural soldiers that you had to like avoid, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was so annoying, so I don't want to do that in this game, but I probably will, because... That's what it looked like they showed us. And then it looked like it got him and killed him, but he somehow created a baby clone of himself. I think, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Who knows? He's still got that weird baby in a jar that he carries on his chest. Um, they introduced a couple new actresses um, in this trailer. Um, I, gosh. Uh, so that is uh, Leah or Leah's uh, Sedou and uh, Lindsay uh, Wa- uh, Wagner. Yeah. Death Stranding. Still fucking wild. Who knows what they're doing there um yeah but you know I'm, I'm on board for whatever kojima has in store <laughs> yeah because i have no idea i have no idea <laughs> so control uh third person action game from remedy uh so those are the folks that did uh max Payne, alan wake uh quantum break this feels like a, a lot of, they're, they're boring a lot of the stuff that they, they did in quantum break uh in terms mm-hmm. of like slowing down time um uh, manipulating the environment uh i don't know what, what did you kind of feel about this uh this announcement for control
1: it looks cool. It looks really cool. Um, I wonder how well the grabbing items and throwing them at people works, as in, like, how do you know which items to grab? Because it wasn't very obvious to me what could be picked up and thrown in the trailer. Mm-hmm. But it just looks amazing. It looks awesome. And again, another female character, which I'm always going to champion.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
1: But not as much as I champion black characters in video games, because <laughs> I, I don't think I saw any this year. Uh, Terry Crews true terry (laughs) cruz
0: yeah um but you're right you know um i think that's that's something that the industry still struggles with is like yeah prominent characters of color in video games Uh, you know we saw some asian characters um but outside of that yeah uh, i can't really think of of too too much and even presenters like on stage you, you don't really see a lot of people of color you don't really see a lot of women of color um presenting on stage as well um but um let's talk about the, the big thing. Let's talk about Last of Us 2. What'd you think? Oh, I thought the big thing was Kingdom Hearts. My mistake.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously. Uh, Last of Us 2, this game is just a master class in presentation. Mm-hmm. Just uh, They've done such a great job. Um, it was violent. It was super violent. The first half of the trailer is really sweet and nice and just beautiful music. The, mm-hmm. the composer of the soundtrack of that game is great. And I loved that. And then when it switched over to the violent, dark side of the game, I was like, oh my god, this is heart-wrenching and so polished. Yeah. Just the movement is so polished. And that's what made – seeing this versus seeing Tomb Raider just, ugh, made me want to play Tomb Raider even less.
0: Yeah. I think um, there's a lot to talk about here. So first, uh, the last thing that they showed, I think at, at Sony Paris Games Week or whatever, whatever that thing was called. Um, that trailer was like so out of context we didn't know any of those characters it was just like violent it like yeah. really bord- bordered on like torture porn yeah um, and i think that that left a lot of people kind of distraught um so i think what they really wanted to do with this trailer is be like hey we know you care about these characters we know you care about the sort of the the quieter moments in the last of us and the relationships between these people so let's really focus on that and juxtapose that against the brutality of the combat and the brutality of the world and I, I think even in interviews, um, uh, you know, they've said, like, the, the killing in The Last of Us should make you feel uncomfortable. Like, it, it, it is not fun. Like, like, I think Naughty Dog has even said they don't want to make a fun game in The Last of Us. They want to make something that is memorable and something that is engaging, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you should feel bad when, when, when you're in combat and, and, like, it should disgust you. Uh, which I think is a really interesting take on the game, and again, ju- ju- juxtaposing that with the, the sweeter moments, the softer moments, saw so, like I think the first time you ever you've ever seen a very, very realistic kiss in a video game. it's not yeah. just two two like dolls smashing their faces together. <laughs> um, yeah. And it sounds like they put a lot of work into making this this kiss as realistic and as as sweet as possible. Yeah. and again, a kiss between two women, which you don't necessarily see on on a main stage like this um so really cool for them to to highlight that type of thing but yeah man the the and again they showed off what the actual game is going to be which i think is was one of the the bigger complaints like no one really knew what it was going to look like so you see ellie maneuvering like you know they had in the past it looks more polished looks like you can do do a lot more cool stuff but uh, what did did you think about that actual gameplay stuff that they showed off
1: i mean the gameplay was not my favorite part of the last of us the first version but I cannot deny that oh, they are just so masterful at. I don't know how they even program all this stuff. You just <laughs> make it look so good. Like the yeah. foliage looks good. The movement looks good. It's almost it's too just, too good to believe, right? Almost. It's just this is the kind of game I would love to show my parents to show them how far video games have come. But I know I wouldn't show them because my mom cannot stand the violence.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm like, just look at this. It's it's pretty brutal. Um, yeah. But looks incredible. You know, I absolutely adored The Last of Us. I it's, To this day, I think it's in my top five favorite video games of all time. So, yeah, very excited to see what they do with the story, with the actual game. Um, I'm on board, but with all that being said, it's hard to have these conversations about The Last of Us 2 without talking about, you know, that story from a few months back where there were allegations uh, from a dev at um uh Naughty Dog against mm-hmm. manage- or someone in the senior management um you know allegations of sexual assault. Hey, it's John. Quick correction. Uh sexual harassment, not sexual assault. Okay, back to the show. And the way Naughty Dog responded to that and the way Sony responded to that was fucking it was shitty. It was mm-hmm. very much just like we're gonna do an internal investigation. You know, it, it, yeah. it, there was nothing about like, hey, we take this seriously, we um, you know, we're we're gonna try and get to the bottom of this and 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 whatever it was very it was very dismissive it was very fucked up and it was very hand wavy um so again it's hard to talk about games without discussing the the environments in which they were created um like it's hard to talk about um detroit become human without talking about again similar allegations of sexual harassment um and toxic work environment at quantic uh quantic dreams um so i don't know do you have any thoughts about the uh, the fact, you know? It, it's hard to, to separate art from artists. You know, we've talked about it this is, in the, in the past, is, right?
1: Chris Brown is so talented,
0: but it's so <laughs> difficult to like his stuff because he did something that's garbage. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, I think it's okay to be excited for The Last of Us 2 while also holding that studio accountable for, you know, being kind of shitty about how they handled that. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think each fan has to wrestle with that themselves and be like, do I want to support them with my money, you know? Because in the end, that's what it is. It's yeah. is, is is me giving them money, sort of saying, "Hey, I don't care about the fact that you have shitty practices, you know, in in your in your studio." Um, and and I think that's a really tough question to ask people. You know, like I'm not going to pay money to go see a Woody Allen movie. You know, because fuck that guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I can't go back and watch reruns of the Cosby Show. No. So uh, again, I, th- I think there's no easy answer.
1: There isn't. Um. The only, the only reason I can kind of get behind it is I'm not necessarily getting behind the behaviors, but there is more than one person who works at the company. It's not like yeah. not listening to Chris Brown's music because it's mostly just him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But when there's like a whole group of people who worked really hard on this yeah. game, I don't want to just say like, oh, no, one person did shitty. So everyone yeah. has to be punished for it.
0: Yeah. Or because the management didn't make uh, a better or because management didn't handle this as well as they should have. Does that mean I sh- I should not support like the hundreds of people that work at that studio? Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. Um, but um, let's let's kind of change uh, pace here and let's talk about I think one of the last big press conferences of the show, and that is Nintendo. So they did another Nintendo Direct. Um, so less of a stage show and more of like a hit play on this YouTube video. Mm-hmm. So uh, big stuff from Nintendo. Uh, they announced a new Super Mario Party for the Switch. Uh, where it seems like you can get a couple Switches involved in terms of, like, putting them next to each other for uh, the different games that you would have and and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on Super Mario Party?
2: Uh
1: I've played Mario Party with my siblings, and it's a game we love to play. I don't see... I have a Switch, and my older sister has a Switch, but I can't see us ever doing this sort of put our Switches together to play Mario Party kind of thing. So, Mario Party... (laughs) is a can be a very frustrating game because you could be in the lead by a significant margin and then some (laughs) random ass game will take away like more than half your stars it's insane
0: yeah um kind of fun for parties literally in the title but um yeah I, i don't know if it's the type of thing for me so anyways for those that like that series there's more of that uh xenoblade chronicles 2 is getting more dlc if you're into that uh fire emblem is coming to the switch with uh fire emblem three houses i don't know do you have any thoughts on fire emblem
1: i am kind of interested yeah i played fire emblem i played fire emblem what that sounds weird when i say it i played it on my switch or sorry my 3ds Mm -hmm. so uh yeah i'd love to play this on my switch because this is the kind of mobile game that i would play i know it's not a mobile game technically but the switch is mobile so i can take it with me and i can play this game on the go which i definitely would i don't know Fire Emblem is weird. I don't know why
0: I like it. Yeah, so can, can you sell me on this weird anime bullshit? <laughs> 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 it's not the weird anime bullshit
1: that I like. It's, the, on, it's like the tactic. It's almost turn-based. Mm-hmm. So, like, you like XCOM, so you might like this, but it's not as good as XCOM, obviously. Right. That's the part that I like. I don't really care for the extra story stuff happening on the other side of it. I just kind of like... Building up your character and then taking them out into battle. And then, you know, you take fighting battles in this turn based kind of style.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that one of the biggest announcements, of course, which was teased uh, in the last Nintendo Direct, was Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, so follow up to the last Smash Brothers. And the big news here is that every character that has appeared in a Smash game is coming back. Um, that's amazing. So- that's,
1: that's amazing.
0: Yeah, so I I know just a little you're a big Smash fan. What did you think about this announcement? Uh, The fact that they're bringing back all these characters. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Just like, what are your thoughts on Smash?
1: This is the one thing I was uh, waiting for on, uh, what do you call, on the Switch. Mm -hmm. And it's coming, and I can be happier. It's it's expected. Honestly, if they hadn't released it, I'm like, what the is going on? Yeah. So uh, the fact that they have all the characters back is great. It's great. I mean, I'm just so happy. I love Switch. I mean, I love Smash and I can't wait to play it on my Switch. So this is just yep. good news overall. I don't even know what else to say other than thank God.
0: So they also announced the introduction of Ridley. Um, so I didn't realize this, but within the Smash community, there had been this like building, I don't want us to call it a joke, but like this building sort of pressure with every Smash release, the fan community was like, release Ridley, who is sort of like the, the, the main Metroid villain that samus fights again uh, against in those games um because there have been like some some teasers in previous games of of ridley like kind of being on the periphery but never showing up
1: Mm -hmm. i i didn't know that uh i i'm not too familiar with metroid's uh villains i didn't (laughs) i just think the name is unexpected ridley Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for what it is which is like a little almost like a dragon
0: yeah who just like has like someone's first name (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah i don't know i didn't I didn't realize that people were expecting that character because I'd never even heard of that character until yeah, it got same. announced.
0: Uh, but then again, you and I aren't like super entrenched within that, uh, that, that fighting game community. No. So anyways, yeah, it looks interesting. I, at the same time, I'm kind of like, I'm happy that they did this because it gives fans what they want. It gives them a smash with everything that's coming before. What that allows them to do is just step away from that with whatever they do next. It kind of allows them to be like, okay, Let's go back to the drawing board. Let's change up Smash. Let's do something interesting. Let's take risks because I think <laughs> that's what I want to see from them. Because right now I'm not really interested in Smash um, mm-hmm. because it's it is so iterative and it's so much of the same. Uh, so I'd be curious to see what comes after this. Smash
1: to me is just one of the. It, it is the best. Uh, well, I was gonna say it's the best fighting game on nintendo's platform but nintendo did have street fighter i don't know it's just it's just fun to play i don't i don't take it too seriously mm-hmm. i'm not like in competitions for it but i have seen some competitions and i'm just blown away with people's skill i don't know i'll play it i like link i like playing as link uh i see that they have link from breath of the wild which mm-hmm. is kind of cool do they have different versions of link or it's just the breath of the wild one i don't know it's just good that they have everyone coming in was snake yeah snake is here too i was checking i'm like yeah snake's on here too yeah which is
0: hilarious voiced by david hater himself that's hilarious uh people are upset though because his, his tushy is not as uh as nice as it was in previous games
1: <laughs> what do you
0: mean like he's got a flat butt and people are like yo bring back that that juicy <laughs> juicy tushy that uh, snake had in past games
1: <laughs> The things people complain about it. i can't
0: even <laughs> Um, but uh, people aren't complaining because uh, they got what they wanted fortnite is also coming to the switch uh so that is out now and apparently really fucking successful like it it was it was leaked that that the game was going to be coming to switch uh in the walmart leak um yeah. and it's been an- announced by Reggie Fizame um that fortnite's uh launch has has gone well he says quote um, we had more than 2 million downloads in less than 24 hours i think that speaks to the power of the franchise the engagement of our players and the resonance of being able to play at any time anywhere mm-hmm. so outside of that um fortnite is doing incredibly well um uh, epic also announced that they now have uh as of uh, this past uh week 125 million players worldwide which makes it bigger than league of legends uh wow. which is fucking wild um, that's crazy so, so what do you think about uh a the fact that it got two million players in a day and b it's now bigger than league of legends
1: a i didn't realize that i mean that's that doesn't surprise me i just don't know how many switches are out there so that that number surprised me because i didn't I realize mean, I, th-
0: I think i think there's 14 or 15 million right now and they're kind of like on track to, to get to 17 or 18 by the end of the year
1: yeah, I'm not saying I didn't think there was two million Switches out there. I knew there was two million Switches. I wouldn't expect a one-to-one uh, attachment rate because I have a Switch yep. and I don't have Fortnite, but it does make me feel like I might get Fortnite, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though I do think that the controls would be pretty
0: shit on with a controller. I'd rather use a mouse and keyboard. But you know what? It's free and people are going to be playing against. I, th- I think because there is cross-platform. Oh, this is another thing that came up this week is mm-hmm. that people are incensed because mm-hmm. PlayStation is still not playing ball with cross-platform games. Like, they're still not allowing people on other platforms to play uh, nicely, you know, with, with uh, their stuff. Um, so, Sony is very much making this decision that, like, or I'm not sure how it works, but essentially, if you played Fortnite on PlayStation 4, you cannot bring your account over to the Switch. Which is messed up. Which is really fucked up, because I think you can do that between, like, PC and Xbox and mobile. Um, you can sort of play on the same account, um, because that that's that's all server side. So the fact that Sony is has sort of, I, I don't know, they're just so backwards with with all this stuff. It seems like everyone, even Microsoft, is very much just like, hey, we want our our fans to be able to play with their friends regardless of their platform. Yeah, and Fortnite is like the perfect game to do that. Um, the, it, I don't know, it just seems very regressive today. You know,
1: it is. I don't understand why they're doing it. I can't, I, I can't tell, I don't know for sure if it's something that is a limitation on their end. Oh no, it wasn't, because I do remember what game was that, where they turned it on, and then they had to turn it off, because they had it turned on by accident, the game had it oh, turned yeah, on by accident where yeah, play yeah. was allowed, and then they had to turn it off because Sony got pissed, I just trying to remember what game that
0: was. You know what, I actually think it was like the original Fortnite, like, like not the Battle Royale Fortnite, but like the, the co-op survival thing. really okay i think so i could be wrong on this like like please write in if if uh, my memory's kind of faulty on this but uh if i'm not mistaken it could be that
1: either way i just think that sony is being ridiculous because they are the front runner in terms of just Mm -hmm. they have the most consoles out there so they're winning quote unquote but it's really shitty of them to not play nice with others yeah it is
0: Uh, i think Uh, Fortnite's going to do well on the Switch Uh, I mean, Fortnite, like we literally just said is now probably one of the biggest games in the world, which is just, I'm still trying to process that right now Mm -hmm. Um, the fact that, you know it came out, a lot of people were saying it was copying PUBG, and it quickly surpassed what PUBG was doing in terms of numbers and now it's on every fucking platform and everyone's playing it and everyone's obsessed with it and it's just, it's so wild to see it blow up like this, and I'm very curious to see what happens in the next year me too. So, that's all the Nintendo news. Um, okay, Justulo. so we're getting near the end. This is going to be a long episode, um, but uh, was there anything else at E3 that uh, really stood out to you that you want to chat about? Yes.
1: Um, there's a game, Hitman 2, number
0: one. Oh, shit. How do we not fucking talk about Hitman 2? I don't know. I can't remember. I feel Oh, my like it was- God. Hitman 2. Hitman <laughs> 2. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah.
1: They they, have, they even released a sniper, like a mini sniper portion of the game, mm-hmm. if you pre which I'm not going to pre-order because I'm against the concept. Yeah, it's like
0: a co-op thing, right?
1: It can be. You can play it alone or you can play co-op, but it's basically just one location where you're just trying to take out the guards and three targets and it's all sniping and stuff. And right. it looks cool. I've watched some gameplay of it. I'm like, I would love to play this. I'm not going to pre-order because I'm against the concept of pre-ordering, but... <laughs> If they, it was available to play for free, I'd be playing it, so
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: yeah. great. Hitman 2, yeah, love to play that again. Love yeah, this so, first so one.
0: Big, big stipulation with Hitman is, like, with the Hitman reboot, it was very much this episodic thing, and it worked really well for them, you know. It kept people interested, uh, they were able to make enough money on it to keep the project going. But it, with Hitman 2, it sounds like it's just going to be one game, like, not episodic, it's all going to be released at once, you know, possibly DLC in the future, but it just mm-hmm. sounds like they're, they're stepping away from that episodic model. Okay, that's good, that's good. Uh, what else? Uh, a little game
1: that caught my eye that I hadn't heard of before E3, My Friend Pedro.
0: Okay. Can you tell me about this? I don't think I saw it.
1: It is... Uh, I, I'm gonna call it name the game, but it's basically kind of similar to... What's that bullet time game? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like red polygons? Oh, uh, I just played it. Oh, god. Um, I have it in my library too. I just don't know what it's called. Super hot. Yes, yes, that's the one. Yeah, anyway, it kind of reminds me of Super Hot. I mean, it doesn't look like Super Hot. It kind of looks like I'll say it's a mix between like Super Hot and uh, Hotline Miami, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of like running into places and shooting people. But just the way it flows, like if you could watch a trailer of it. Oh
0: yeah, this looks really cool.
1: It's just, uh, are you watching the one minute forty second trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just, just the way the, the movement through the game just looks amazing.
0: Yeah. This looks really stylistic as well.
1: It does, because you can, like, kick uh, items. You can, like, kick a table towards someone, so you can use it as cover. You can, like, mm-hmm. kick <laughs> You can kick like someone's skull.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it super. looks very violent and silly and kind yeah. of, yeah, you know, sort of like the challenge run type of game. Um, kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: that game I will be definitely keeping an eye on. And mm-hmm. it's coming to the Switch and to PC. Nice. It's from Devolver Digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, those are the, the two things that I. I mean, there's a new Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. It looks like it could be okay, but that's how all Pokemon games look.
2: Yeah, like we talked about that okay. uh,
0: last week, I think. Yeah. So I think the the big one that uh, you know people want to want to talk about. Um, well, actually, you know, before we get to to to, the, I think the the game that stole the show for everyone. Uh, we had a couple of uh, fan questions. We had a couple of people write in with some questions for us this week. Um, so Bram hit us up on Twitter um, and he says, uh, what are your top three characters that you want to see in the new Smash Brothers? Um, you know, if they haven't already revealed it, this was a little bit earlier. Um, so um, Bram, I, you know, lucky for you, you get everything. Um, but Chisulo, is there anything, any character that you want to see in Smash that perhaps isn't there already? Um Hmm. Or, or, you know, something that you might want them to do in the future with, like, you know, specific franchises or, like, fucking Master Chief or, like, who knows? Like, like, like Ezio, like, what what do you want to see in an Assassin's Creed or an Assassin's Creed in in a Smash (laughs) Brothers game?
1: This would never make it into a Smash Brothers game or basically any game I would play. And it might be a little bit of an obscure answer, Mm -hmm. but I would love to see King Bradley in a video game. King okay, Bradley from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which yeah, is yeah, really yeah. like has nothing to do with Nintendo, but yeah. that's the first thing that popped into my
0: mind. I hope you know who that is. Yeah, that's funny. Um I want to see Agent 47. Agent 47 in Smash Brothers. <laughs> Cuz he could just like put on everyone else's fucking costumes and like yeah. use use their powers and shit. I think it'd be hilarious. Kind of like it a Kirby, It would be hilarious. Yeah. But uh um uh, who else would be good? Uh uh, da, 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 Adam Jensen from Deus Ex. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never asked for this. Um, I don't know. I guess you could just steal from any franchise. Laura Croft, Doom guy. I want to see the Doom guy in Smash Brothers. <laughs> just like beating fucking Luigi's face to a pulp. <laughs> <laughs> he would legitimately kill people. You're not supposed to kill people in Smash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Um, okay, let's do it. Let's talk about cyberpunk. 2077 from uh, cd project uh the developers of the witcher franchise what do you think Just, uh, cyberpunk 2077 we got a bit more of a in-depth trailer show- showcasing the world and the characters and um we've seen a lot of preview coverage they, they didn't have any sort of hands-on gameplay footage uh that was sort of behind closed doors but there's a lot of preview coverage of that so what do you think about cyberpunk
1: it looks amazing. I mean, there's just a trailer. There's no gameplay, but I just trust the CD Projekt Red so greatly that seeing that trailer just got me so excited. I mean, mm-hmm. it's whew, my heart. My heart was palpitating. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can't wait to play this game.
0: Mm-hmm. I think like the tra- the trailer is just like oozing like uh, character, and, and it's just like mm-hmm. very much like. You know it feels oppressive it feels very cyber obviously cyberpunky um it just looks so fucking cool the character design uh the city design uh the different aspects of of what they're showcasing um you know people using virtual reality and holograms to entertain mm-hmm. themselves and then you have uh sort of the low, um the um uh what was i gonna say sort of the crime ridden areas of the city um You know, you got, like, people rolling around in a cab full of, like, machine guns, um, you know, someone doing their makeup, and then they pull the camera back, and it's just like, oh, shit, I didn't put, like, my lower jaw on this morning, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. It's great. It looks amazing. Because, you know,
1: like, the thing is, a lot of um, trailers will show a bunch of stuff, and you just know, like, half of that stuff won't be in the game. But Mm -hmm. with CD Projekt Red, any of this could be in the game? Mm Mm-hmm. In, in... Numerous capacities, and you know mm-hmm. we've just barely scratched the surface of what we're going to actually see. Mm-hmm. I'm just so excited! I can't be more any more excited.
0: Yeah, so so in terms of of preview stuff that that I've been hearing from other you know industry folks that have been able to sit in on that behind closed doors demo, uh, Cyberpunk is going to be first person. It's not going to be third person. Uh, it, it'll you can design your character, uh, mm-hmm. so you can be either male or female. Your character is going to be named V um but you have sort of free reign over what they look like so the camera will obviously be like third person or like cinematic when you're in trailers so you'll still see your character a lot yeah um there's gonna be a lot of driving and it sounds like again they really wanted that oppressive feel um so that's why it's sort of in first person so you can kind of look up and see like these massive buildings above you and kind of closing in on you uh lots of shooting lots of combat so again that that sort of harkens back to the reasoning why they would move to uh, a first person. Perspective, but yeah, it just sounds super, super rad. Um, and and again, everyone who walked away from that behind closed doors demo has nothing but you know positive things to say. So, yeah, I hope they can pull off what they're showing and what they're setting up that game to be. I, again, because of what they did with The Witcher 3, I think there is that confidence that they can get there. I think it's just a matter of them taking the time to do that.
1: Yeah. I just, it looks great. I mean, mm-hmm. and you sent me a trailer, uh, a fan trailer of uh, dialogue <laughs> from The Witcher yeah. 3 talking, and yeah. it's Siri talking about how she can travel to different worlds and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it made it sound like she was talking about Cyberpunk 2077, just the way it yeah. was spliced with the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I want to play Got this you. game so bad.
0: <laughs> um, so also they hit a lot of stuff in that trailer as well. So, you know, a lot of fans kind of Decoded this stuff, and there's actually quite a bit of text hidden in that trailer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people want to know when this game is coming out, and uh, CD project is, is very clear in saying it'll come out when it's ready. Like, we're yeah. not going to say when it's coming out until it's ready. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be free DLC, no DRM, so no digital rights management. So that's probably talking about them releasing it on their own platform. Good old games. So you know, you're not going to worry about it being being locked or anything like that. Um, no microtransactions. They, they promise that there's not going to be any microtransaction, uh, nonsense. Uh, they even say, quote, in a single player role-playing game, are you nuts? <laughs> so it sounds really cool. Um, yeah. uh, again, uh, sounds like the game is going to be massive. Um, probably on scale of the Witcher three, which was like, I, I don't I, I lost like 150, 180 hours in that game. So like easily. And even the DLC for the Witcher three, like so blood good. and wine was like, what? Like 30 hours? At least. So, oh, man, I, I'm very excited, man. Um, so so since we're on the topic of Cyberpunk, um, Commander Linguini in, in the Discord wrote in, and they say, why is there such a big, or why is there so much hype for Cyberpunk 2077 if there was no gameplay shown? So I think we kind of hit on that, but what, what do you think, Jusilo? Is, is it mostly because of the goodwill they have from The Witcher 3?
1: It is. It is because of the, uh, what do you call it? It's uh, on the tip of my tongue. Thank you. Cache isn't quite the word I was thinking of, but it's good enough. They have the cachet from The Witcher 3, The Witcher 2, just The Witcher series in general. Uh, CD Project Red is great at being... They're very consumer-friendly. They don't do a lot of the typical... Because they are the game developer and they are the game publisher. Mm-hmm. And they also have uh, their own game store, GOG, mm-hmm. which is where I'm going to buy this game. I'm not going to buy it on Steam. I'm just going to link it to my Steam account, but I'm definitely going to give them as much of my money as I can because they're just so good at what they do. So, um, seeing them go into a different world, mm-hmm. it's just exciting because the potential is so vast. Like, this will be different than any other um, cyberpunk game you, could pl- you would play from a different studio, for sure, without question.
0: Yeah, so, so, so again, I, I really much feel like it's that goodwill... That they've set up in, in games like The Witcher Two and The Witcher Three, um, and, and and E3 is weird. You know, doing a behind closed doors demo that sounds really cool and sounds like it was really polished is kind of weird. But at the same time, it's kind of like they want to ensure they set up the right appointments so they have the industry folks sitting in, writing about it, doing preview coverage. I would imagine we will see that uh, gameplay demo or something something similar, uh, mm. maybe a few months from now. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm, I'm sad, though, because I feel like this is a 2019 fall game or even a 2020 game. Um, I would not be surprised if this is a 2020 uh, video game. I think it might be. Which is sad. It's depressing.
1: Yeah. It is sad, but I, I, I want them to release a good game. I don't want them
0: to rush it out. They don't need to rush it out.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But, but you're right. We're not going to see this for years. Uh, so Linguini also asks, um, what do you think were, were the most represented genres at E3? And were there sort of any failures with stuff that was announced?
1: Most represented genres were as post-apocalyptic zombie <laughs> pirates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Roll it all into one and that's, and that's, that's yeah, game of just, the
1: year. Those three themes that I saw a lot of and
0: yeah, for those sure. are the things I was least interested in. I'm sure there were a few things that kind of flopped when they were announced, but uh, I, honestly, I just think the, the Square Enix show kind of fell flat. Um, Sony's press conference, I think, could have been a little bit better. Um, but, you know, it, it was a fine year. I think it was a weird sort of transitional year, whereas people are like, I feel like next year or the year after, we're going to see a lot of big stuff as the generation kind of closes out and we move into um, whatever the next Xbox and PlayStation are. Yeah. Um, what do we think about Anthem? Linguini asked as well. I think we kind of talked about that earlier. Uh, I'm very much wait and see on Anthem. Yeah. Um, I'm very concerned because I don't want another Destiny game and I, and I want, I want Bioware. I want Bioware storytelling and I don't think I'm going to get that in Anthem. Yeah, it's too bad. But yeah, so I think that's kind of it, um, for E3. Was there anything else that we, that we missed, Jasula? It's just, there's so much to talk about this week. There's So
1: much stuff. We probably did miss something, Mm -hmm. but mostly I'm just... I just love video games, so I'm always
0: happy to watch E3, even if I'm not going to play 90% of the games that are... (laughs) are Uh, And again, big stipulations. This is just a marketing event. Don't pre-order games. No. Uh, Don't get your hopes up. Um, We'll just kind of take things as they come. Um, I I saw a really funny tweet. Um, This is from Chris Person on Twitter. Uh, And they say... uh, it's going to be crazy when all the games we just saw this week get eclipsed by one half-broken game out of left field that just becomes incredibly, incredibly popular on Twitch. Facts. Well, yeah, 100% accurate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of it for E3. Like you said, I'm sure there's stuff we missed, but uh, long show. A lot of stuff to talk about. Um, so before we close things out just low, uh, usually we do some non-gaming recommendations. Uh, do you have anything that you want to recommend to, to folks at home? Uh, read a book i guess just read a book
1: I, I, I might sound like i'm joking but i'm serious because i haven't read a book that wasn't school related like a textbook in like two three years and it kind of bums me out yeah and it's sure. definitely something that i want to do because i do feel that I, it's it's kind of a struggle for me to read sit down and read a book which is yeah. so
0: sad because i still love doing it Yeah, I think I'm, I'm having, I'm very guilty right now over the last year or two of like doing stuff until late at night that get, keeps me jacked before I go to bed. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, screens basically, you know, like watching TV or a movie or uh, playing video games until like right up until I have to go to bed and then like you're restless and I can't fall asleep. So I guess my recommendation for this week is like try and decompress before you go to bed. Like shut your stuff down, give yourself half an hour, an hour to like read a book, you know? listen to some music, uh, talk to your partner, talk to your, your family, whatever, you know, and just (laughs) kind of decompress. (laughs) 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 Just, just decompress before you, before you hit the sack. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I think that's going to be it for us this week. Again, thanks for sticking it out with us. Um, if you have any more follow-up E3 thoughts or, or queries, uh, be sure to hit us up, um, you know, shelfgames at gmail.com, or you can uh, find us on the discord server. Um, you can weigh in on, uh, you know, all the E3 news this week. Um, and again, the link for the discord server is in the podcast notes, find the show, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, slash podcast, uh, Apple podcasts, Google play. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe to the shows and please rate and review them. That really helps us out. Follow us on Twitter at Shelf games. And of course we're also on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch. Just search for Shelve games. Music for the show is by Zed Ion who you can find on SoundCloud. Oof, man. I am, I am wiped after that episode. <laughs> it was almost two hours. Yeah, but uh, again, thank you, Chisilo, for hanging out. Always love chatting with you and nerding no problem, out about no all, all this shit. But, uh, but yeah, lots to look forward to. Uh, lots to be disappointed by in, in the coming days. It's true. <laughs> uh, but that's it for us this week, folks. And uh, we'll hopefully be back next week. So until then, go and grab a game off the shelf because you never know what you're going to find.
2: So my, uh, I just got an email from my parents, and I was looking at it, and it had this weird title. It was like something
0: per- percent or like seven percent, and mm-hmm. I was just like, "Oh, maybe this is something about like finances or or something. Maybe it's some accounting advice or whatever he wants to share with my sister and I."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I started reading the email, and it's like one of those, what do you call what do you call those like chain, chain letters? Oh, and I, it's like. I just turned 90 and here are my tips for life advice. And I'm like, (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. I haven't seen one of these since like the (laughs) nineties. And I and I was like morbidly curious. I'm like, okay, how bad is this actually? And I start scrolling through it and it's just like, number one, you know, let water run off your back and blah, blah, blah. It's just garbage like that. And I keep scrolling. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, maybe there's 10 of these. And I keep scrolling. And I'm like, oh my God, there's like 40 of these things. I'm, like, I'm not reading this. <laughs> and then I get to the bottom. It's just like, you know, 93% of people won't pass this on. If you're 7% that will f- fucking put this shit in your title. I'm like, oh my God.
1: <sighs> spam. I can't believe <laughs> I can't my parents believe said, my, spam yeah,
0: too. I can't believe my parents sent me that shit. Anyway. It's just,
1: I don't know. It's interesting because I think I've said this before, but when I was a kid, uh, my parents had to protect me on the internet. And now that I'm <laughs> yeah. older, I have to protect them.
2: Yeah. it's funny.
1: Wait, like, don't click those links. What are you doing?
0: Yeah. Don't you know any better? Don't install that app. God. <laughs> Why are you using Apple Maps? Jesus. <laughs>